Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. To Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And this is episode four. Today we'll be discussing season two of the first show in our cancelled category, Dead Like Me. How are you doing, Damask? Um, I feel like I'm coming through a deep depression and I've just reached the other side of it. That's how good this show was for yeah. you. It, like, <laughs> was able to lift you out of a, a, a bad spot in your life? No, it caused the bad spot, and now that it's over, I'm through it. That's, How are you feeling? I'm dead inside. Dead ah! like me! Yes. We should be like... Classic joke, classic joke. We should be joke. like morning radio show hosts. We should, like we should, we should have written like for Dead Like Me, because that joke was just as funny as the show. <laughs> that was the last line of the entire show, essentially, wasn't it? Yep, it was. Dead Like Me. Oh, It's, it's okay, B. It's okay being dead like me, I think, was the the great, great line, which if, was on par with the rest of the writing. If you can't tell yet, listeners, we love this show. <laughs> Just absolutely in love with it. Actually, mm. I think we should put a disclaimer at the top of this one a little bit. Okay. We're, we're a little bit worried about how this one's going to go. Episode four, mm. uh, we're not sure we've got enough to talk about necessarily. Our opinions may be a little negative on this one. Yeah. So to make things a little interesting, we're going to play a game. We are going to play a game, and I'm very excited to play it. So well, this is also, because this is episode four, this is obviously a very new podcast for us. Mm. And listening back to some of our stuff, we're starting to discover, well, we've got a few little quirks in the way that patterns, we talk. patterns, yeah. Things that we're noticing. So we're going to try and dissuade ourselves tonight mm-hmm. uh, by playing this game. So what's the game, Damask? What do we have to do? The game is, every time Brod says, essentially, he has to drink, and every time I say... In and of itself, I have to drink. Does that count? You just said in and of itself. Do you have to drink in that instance? Sure, why not? I'm yes, I'm happy to I'm get already uh, winning. a bit tipsy for this one. Okay, cool. So, yeah, you feel free to play along, listeners. Um, it could get messy if you play for both of us, though. You might want to split duties between. That's true. Uh, you and yourself and a friend. All right. If you have any friends. Should we do it? Should we get started? Yeah, let's... Why not? Okay. We've come this far. Uh, spoiler warning, on this episode, we will be covering everything that happens in season one and two of Dead Like Me. Which is not a lot. Which is not a lot. <laughs> I've got to tell you what, this is as close to a spoiler-proof show as I've ever come across. <laughs> However, we will not be spoiling anything from future seasons. In this case, there is a television, uh, a directed DVD movie, mm. um, which 
we will not be watching. We won't be, no. Unless something awful happens. Yeah. Though we uh, have decided in the future, if ever we want to wager something, the loser will have to be watching the Dead yeah, Like they, Me They will be movie. the stakes. Yeah. They are big stakes. <laughs> like I said, guys, we love this show. We're going to save that for a very special and big wager, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you have not watched any of Dead Like Me yet... I'd normally run, hear say... Run as fast as you can. <laughs> pause this podcast, go and watch it and come back. Honestly, just no. don't. Just yeah. don't. Also, don't. I would... Another... It's not really a disclaimer, but I would like to apologize to those who do like Dead Like Me. That's true. That's that's a better disclaimer. If you yeah. like Dead Like Me... You probably don't want to listen to this. Skip to episode yeah. five of Hunting Season. Because like, if people were like crapping all over something I loved, there's, I just wouldn't like to hear it. So probably just don't listen. Um, because yeah, it's not going to be a lot of positivity in this one. Yeah. Get out now. Get out now. All right. Uh, to reiterate, just for anyone who uh, hasn't followed along so far, according to IMDB user LCHALA. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure I'm still getting that wrong. (laughs) Dead Like Me is the story of a college dropout, Georgia George Lass, who is killed by a toilet seat that falls from the Mir space station on her first day at a temp agency. Upon death, she is recruited for a team of grim reapers, undead, who mix among the living and take people's souls just before they die. Along with fellow reapers Mason, Roxy, Daisy, and leader Rube, George discovers life after life. Sounds like a good concept, doesn't it? Sounds like a really good concept. Something that I would be totally into. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, For a bit of a breakdown, season two is 15 episodes long. That's one more than the previous season. Uh, Each coming in at around 46 minutes. This uh, full season took us... I didn't do the math. It just took us way too long. (laughs) Just way, way too long. You're too broken to do math at this point. It's just my brain's not working anymore. (laughs) Anyway... Let's start. Coming out of season one and heading into season two, it's fair to say we didn't love season one. No, we didn't. I think I gave it two stars. You gave it 1.75. Like the wanker I am. Yep. (laughs) I'm glad we can agree on that one. (laughs) Um, What were you thinking going into season two? What were you hoping for maybe? What were your expectations at that stage? I really wanted for some character growth. I really wanted the tone of the show to even out um, and create a fully realised world. What were your expectations or wants? I mean, my hopes were that since this was such a, you know, had a cult following that Mm. so many people seemed to like it, um, I was uh, hoping something would turn around. The things I had problems with in season one generally turned out to be that wasn't funny enough, that um, I a lot of the characters just weren't likeable enough, mm. um, that it wasn't taking full advantage of what the show sort of well, had to offer from that's a concept the thing. point of view. I mean, a lot of the times the first season in a show just isn't super great. So mm. I kind of was hoping that that would be the case in this show and it just it wasn't. Well, as we said, I think sometimes a show can take a little while to get going. Yeah. Maybe not a full season, especially a full 14 episode yeah, season. Yeah, that's, like that that's one was. true. Maybe five or six episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sure. Okay. Going to give it a break. Suggest season one. Mm. They had trouble with their showrunner, with creative process in the background. Yeah. They're going to come into season two and know what they want, sort of know where they're going to go with the show, have a vision. Um, someone's taking creative control from Brian Fuller at this point mm. and they're going to hit the ground running and we're going to get the show this is always intended to be that maybe was cancelled because because this first season wasn't great. Yeah. It never got the viewership it deserved, but 
I'll be able to find out what it was that people were or have enjoyed out of this show so much mm. over the past decade and a bit. And so then I saw episode one, <laughs> and I, I just want to sort of explain sort of we're, in doing the format of this show. Sometimes it's easier to talk about the overall ongoing story. Sometimes it's easier to just try and pick different topics out. I'm going to try and go through this. The way I've got my notes set out is episode by episode. Yep. And kind of just what the notes I have are just sort of my general thoughts at the time. Okay. Um, so the first episode is Send in the Clowns. Yeah. We should have a warning. It's probably going to be a lot of swearing in our notes. So that's <laughs> just possible. Get ready for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to play probably a little bit fast and loose um, to quote Ian Hink, one of my favorite podcasters. Um, yeah. Went into episode one, Send in the Clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of weird things they started with there. Um, Mason apparently. So Mason is the British character whose big uh, character points are he's British, he's drunk, and he likes women. Yep. They're his main sort of virtues. Great foundations there. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, he has stopped drinking between seasons. Apparently. We, we miss being able to watch that, but yes, he's... Uh... That would have been interesting, right? To yeah. see the bit where he like actively decided he was drinking too much. Yeah. Addiction is really interesting subject matter and, you know... Look at Breaking Bad, baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's all we needed. <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. Even mm. Buffy did it with magic. Oh. Uh, that wasn't so good. That's true. I Yeah. It, bit hit and miss there. Sure, but. sure. But it's something, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's depth to be mined. A mind depth to be mined. There's stuff sure. to be mined there. Yeah. Um. Instead, we forgot all that and Mason just mm. has stopped drinking over the course of the the intermission between seasons and that's something that happened apparently um not a whole lot else has really changed in fact if there was any hint at the end of the first season that maybe people were starting to change forget that that didn't happen any of that potential is completely squandered nothing's changed at all everyone's Mm. exactly where they were and the dynamics are the same because at the end of season one it kind of felt like they had finally well they pretty much stated it in the writing they had come together as a family yeah. whether that was true or not that's what they were stating so you would expect that going into season two but yeah the dynamic was the same it was just was what it was even George's overall dilemma in this episode and George being the main character the 18 year old who was killed by the falling debris of the Mir space station her ongoing thing in the first season was just her dealing with being a reaper and finding it unfair and sort of the whole thing very troubling and, you know, taxing on her. That's exactly where she is at the start of this. It's like, yeah. well, and I can understand why a show might feel like it wants to reboot a little bit at the start of season mm. two in terms of... Particularly if it had low viewership. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's trying to get people on board with the concept that way, mm-hmm. but like nothing. It's it's We've seen this beat. Yeah. Not only have we seen this beat several times before in season one, we are going to see it again. Throughout this season. To the point that it's insulting how many times the same storyline is recycled from episode to episode to yeah. episode. Yeah. And it's a different thing to like sitcoms, you know, are famous for at the end of the episode, everything returns mm. to its resting, its starting point. Nothing ever really changes in a sitcom. That's that's not true these days. Lots of sitcoms do have mm. some sort of... But yeah, of, your traditional sitcom is like a traditional that. sitcom, that's how yeah. they work. The Simpsons is a great example where, you know, no matter what wild adventure they went on, by the mm. end of it, they're back. You could start the next episode and it's the same position. Yeah. But to just... It's a different thing to just do the same storyline over and over, yeah. to try and hit that same well, story beat. the actual insulting part of what they've done is, is that... So the pretty much same arc happens in every episode in which, for well, a lot of episodes, a where George realises that in her past life, 
she never really lived. She never really made choices. And, and by the end of each episode, she's like, well, now I'm going to really live. Now I'm really going to make choices. Mm. And then the next episode starts and it's exactly the same. Yeah. So it feels like Lamenting you're... Lamenting her the time she wasted yeah. when she was living. I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day, but Bill Murray's not around. So it just sucks. Yeah. Like, it's just really shit. No, but the thing that struck me about this episode, I'm trying... I'm giving this show... I think if you s- listen to the end of episode three, our second Breaking Bad episode, mm. I go into this, I'm trying to be, like, positive. I'm trying yeah. to look at, like, this show is going to prove to me what's going on. And in the first episode, all I can remember, because I, I saw it, I watched it before you, and I said, I really want you to watch episode one, and mm. tell me if you noticed what I noticed. And the thing that struck me, for whatever reason, was that, frankly, it was racist. <laughs> There are a couple of moments, Mm. maybe even several moments in the first episode, which the humor is based pretty much solely on race Mm. or racial stereotypes. And that becomes a bit of What are the examples of that? uh, I can't remember. I'd be mean to go back and watch, because I didn't write it down, to go back and watch episode one again to find those examples exactly. Mm. But I can't do it. I can't bring myself to go back and watch a single goddamn second of this. But I do remember one explicitly. Mm -hmm. There's one, it's a really weird scene where Daisy Adair, um, like the sort of 1930s Hollywood star Reaper, she is, I think it's her, or maybe it's George, it might be George and Roxy, doesn't really matter. They're waiting for uh, someone to die, essentially. In the background, there's this old lady who's like, in a, in a, like a yeah, motorized that's scooter. Roxy and Daisy. Roxy and Daisy, yeah. thank you. And they're waiting for this rape to happen. And Oh, that's right, yeah. Right, and she, right. this old lady who's... It's really cartoonish. In the background, starts beating up these... It's a bizarre scene, the entire thing. I want to say just... Asian thugs in the background. Were they Asian? I think so, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. Beats up these thugs in the background. It's totally... It's really distracting. Well, that's like um, in that scene, I didn't funny. know what we were meant to be concentrating on. I, I can't remember the conversation. Because in the foreground, Daisy and Roxy having a conversation. In the background, this elderly woman on a scooter is beating these two thugs. It's just bizarre. It's not funny. It's I don't not know what funny. it is. It's just yeah. totally strange and yeah. perplexing. And then it's, I guess they're playing it for laughs. And then <laughs> that woman ends up, the woman in the scooter ends up being crushed by um, uh, like a dumpster that's being lowered by a truck. And there's these two little Asian ladies who are like yelling at her to, to or yelling at the dumpster truck to not go down. Yeah. Right. And then we, so that woman gets crushed. The woman, the lady, lady in the scooter gets crushed. And we come back a couple of scenes later and like the police are there. And the police officer is asking these two little Asian ladies who witnessed this all go down, what happened? And they both start talking very fast some Asian language. Yeah, like, in the like, a- native tongue. Native yeah. tongue. Very fast at him. And he takes off his hat and scratches his head and just goes, what the hell? And I'm just like, was that meant to be a joke? <laughs> These crazy that? people don't speak American. <sighs> yeah, it was, it was very strange. And unfortunately, this becomes like the baseline. Mm. Like the, this is sort of the level that the humor gets to. Yeah. One of the biggest problems with this show, we discussed it in season one, but it is... Worse in season two, in it my is. opinion, it is is that the this meant to be ostensibly comedy. Comedy, didn't yeah, say it. Didn't say it. Um, this show that's meant to be a comedy is mm. just not funny, and it relies on racist racial stereotypes. Mm-hmm. It relies on fart, fart jokes. So many farts. There's there's a whole scene that's based around fart jokes. Mm. A couple even in the middle of the season, and a few later on as well. Yeah. Um, just really, really 
I don't know, swearing as much as possible. I mean, that's what Mason's whole thing, right? Is he gets, like, frazzled and then just starts swearing at a bunch of, like, British slurs. And it is in no way funny. It's just not. If, I feel like Brian Fuller's show was taken over by those, you know, kind of jock frat dudes that you sit next to at a party who are saying, like, the worst unfunny jokes and you just have to get up and leave but we forced ourselves to sit through their jokes for what like 11 12 hours or something and it's it's just not funny and no. i and i remember in the season 1 podcast we did about this and i said that i actually felt it improved after Brian Fuller yeah. left there is no way that if he had stayed on this show would be any worse well that's <laughs> i like i want to agree with you mm. i i would hope that it couldn't have been it couldn't have been worse. I, think I can't imagine it being worse. I don't know Brian Fuller's work enough to say that for sure. Mm. I haven't seen really anything else he's I've done. I've seen like Wonderfalls, so I okay. feel pretty good about saying that. It just it was just like the it's soul. It's hard to imagine yeah, that anyone... The soul is just not in this at all and the people behind it don't seem to understand the characters where they're taking any of the characters or just any like general story arc throughout the season at all? Especially at the start of this season, I think it's really apparent. There actually is some stuff that happens later in later the season. Later on it does. There's... Where they're like, they found yeah. some actual storylines to go it was shocking with. to watch. You're like, oh, I can see like a show in here. It's mm. really exciting. Ultimately, it kind of falls flat. Too but... little, too late. Yeah. But the thing, I think one of the things I said to you as well... We're, this is something we should say to our listeners as well. Usually we kind of watch this stuff separately mm. because we sort of want to come into this when we're recording fresh. a bit yeah. fresh with no idea of each other's perspective. Mm. This just got so hard yeah. to watch separately. The motivation to watch it yeah. wasn't there. It was so just... We, we uh, needed companionship and like someone to <laughs> lean on. We needed. I needed a Sam, you know. Yeah. If I'm... I'm giving myself the Frodo role here, which is a little egotistical. But if I'm the Frodo in this story... I'm not really. Uh, Sam's the hero. That's true. Samwise is the real hero. I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah. Mm. But like that, honestly, I like... So we know a little bit about what each other think because of that. But something I said to you was, there was a a line, I don't even remember what it is. I've been racing as much of this show from my memory as I can already. But I was like, it it was meant to be funny. And I was like, that line is written by someone who is a writer, mm. thinks of themselves clever, yes. but doesn't know a thing about comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's funny to them because yeah. <laughs> it seems like clever writing, but it's not in any way, shape, any or form way. funny. Yeah. I feel like that is sprinkled throughout this show. It's Well, that's the thing, because I was trying to research as many of the writers as I could, and I didn't get to all of them, but from what I could see, there isn't a comedy writer in the bunch, mm. which is... Very interesting choice for a comedy drama slash comedy, um, and it shows because the jokes aren't funny, and writing comedy is really hard, and you can't just do it if you're a writer. Full stop. Like you need to be able to write comedy. Yeah. it's a special skill. Absolutely, that feeling of episode one translates into episode two. It's called the Ledger. I barely remember what happened in it. My one note that I wrote. It's simply three letters, one word. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Dead set. That's all I wrote down. I mean, it I'm washed over. I'm me. reading the synopsis of the ledger right now, and I'm still like, "What happened?" Because nothing, nothing sticks nothing out. Nothing happened. Other than the fact that that's the episode where Daisy, um, the golden era Hollywood actress, 
gets the necklace the, with the yeah, crucifix. And that right. starts a bit of a journey for Daisy. But Does, does no, it, though? Like, does no. that really start it? Because if you, no, it if you removed yeah. that element... So this, so this one little story arc she has for the season is she steals from a jeweler that she rapes. Um, this... No, it's from the dead lady in the the old lady in the scooter. So that's where she steals the crucifix. Oh, from. she gets it. Oh, she gets it in yeah. episode one. There you go. She takes this crucifix necklace and keeps it for herself. Oh, she gets gets it valued by the jeweler. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this starts this little storyline where she's maybe sort of trying to find her faith or something like that through mm. the season. She's like dabbling with the idea of like trying to understand her role in life, and by doing so through Christianity, mm. it lasts maybe five or six episodes. And then kind of transitions into the second phase for her where she's um, dealing with some pretty dark stuff. She's dealing with with being involved in some really bad scenarios, particularly involving violence against women. Yeah. Which is actually quite interesting, but you could remove that whole first bit and it wouldn't change a damn thing. It, That's true. The, 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 the religious storyline with Daisy just completely doesn't and, eventuate anything. Yeah, to which is, you know... A real missed opportunity because that could be really interesting with someone who's obviously in a very strange situation trying to create their own mythology to mm-hmm. kind of understand their place in the universe or wherever we might be. Well, you had a good example of that, didn't you? You were telling me before about a review someone put on an Amazon Oh, yes, I did. That was so, like that, where they had somehow interpreted the text. Yes, well, because I was... Way. Because I was trying to read, you know, Amazon reviews and IMDb reviews and that kind of thing to understand what people liked about it specifically. Because mm. you know, it obviously is a popular show for certain for you know certain people. Yeah, they love it. They really do love it. And so I was just trying to get their opinions and see what what I might be missing. And there was one review on Amazon by someone called DJ who gave it four stars. So what DJ writes is. The people that belong to the churches of Christendom should love it because it supports the concept that the earth is nothing more than an incubator for angels and devils. Our life experiences and how we react is what prepares us for one or the other after death. But what about those people that don't have enough experience to make the cut? The show has us believe that these people become the Grim Reapers. That's a really interesting reading. It's very interesting. And when I read it, I was like, ooh, I want to watch that show and I kind of wish those characters were that. But, I mean, that's not what it is. There is nothing in the text to support that that's what it is. And no. It's a real shame. And what you said before, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's kind of, to me, what summarises this whole show yeah. is yeah. a missed opportunity. It is, yeah. And there's just so many interesting avenues to take with this story. Which they kind of start to do a little bit towards the end. Yeah, but it's, one, it's too little, too late. Yeah. And everything they do is so surfacy. It's the characters are so badly written mm-hmm. that any kind of development either doesn't last or falls flat because we haven't seen any layers to these people. They're not real people, so it's really hard to feel anything. Well, because we had a bit of a debate. Like for me, the two the two biggest problems from a character point of view are George, the lead character, mm-hmm. who was just perpetually sarcastic. Yeah perpetually stubborn, perpetually insulting and just detached and selfish and so many different things. And it's 
almost it, I, I can't see how anyone could get on board with that character. Yeah, I um, just like I just want to read my notes when I was just thinking about the character of George, who was like a young woman. She seems, I guess, like self conscious and a little socially weird and mm-hmm. stuff, which you know I kind of identify with. And so I just wrote, I think as a young woman, I'm usually able to project myself onto the main character in some part, but when I'm constantly told what she's feeling in every moment. I can't assume the best. Instead, we're just hearing her have the most judgmental, pessimistic, ignorant, self-centered nonsense, like just running in her head that just makes me hate her. Yeah. Like she's not a nice person. She's not a good person. She thinks awful things. She treats people badly. Mm-hmm. Like she's just a bad person. And what's really funny is that I think in the last or second last episode of the season, mm. Daisy actually calls her out on that. Yeah. You know, yeah, says that you're self-centered. And that you, I think you're having a conversation in your head about yourself all the time. Yeah. And there's a, there's a very fourth wall breaking line mm. where her voiceover, George's voiceover says, do I or am yeah. I? Yeah. And it's like, haha, very good that you point that out. Too bad. It's too late. Yeah. You can't do that and call yourself out on it and then continue to use that, mm. that crutch. It's just, you can't, it's, no, you can't point that out and then continue to use it the way you do. Well, there was, um, yeah, a scene in, yeah, this season where George is talking to a young man at the country club Mm -hmm. and... Trip, I believe his name is. Trip, yes. And, yeah, so they're having a conversation and she says in her, her... mind she says oh i really like him and then out loud straight away she says i really really like like you Mm. and i was like oh is this like going to be her progress through the season in which we hear less and less from her voiceover because she's actually living she doesn't need to be in her head anymore Mm -hmm. and that's where they're going with it it's not where they went with it they took it nowhere and she just continues to be that storyline lasted two or three episodes and then gets forgotten back completely she loses her virginity and then he's gone yeah which was a big deal all the way through season one. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's missed opportunities, right? Can I just say I'm really sick of storylines about young women losing their virginity and then like it just being a really traumatic or shitty experience or just like even like a big thing. Sure. Like I'm just like, it's just it's particularly been, women. Particularly women. It's just like it's just been done. Hmm, I'm just trying to think of examples on my, on my head. Buffy is the one that comes to mind straight away. Yeah, that, that one's awesome. That can be excused. <laughs> but that but ends just, up being pretty but traumatic. Then like, I mean, they have it like in pretty much every teen drama. It's a big thing. It's okay. just kind of, it's so done. I'm just, it, it doesn't need to be such like a monumental experience for a young woman to lose her virginity. Is it part of the problem that it, do you find that when that's done, it's always treated in a very dramatic, like end yeah. of the world scenario. Whereas I'm thinking of times that's happened with, Guys in shows, mm. and that's often played as being funny. Well, yeah, you think just thinking of an American, like American Pie. American Pie comes yeah. to mind. I'm thinking of, and I've not even seen a whole lot of it, but I'm like, I, I guarantee you, in the in betweeners, <laughs> like that, it, it yeah, must have been hilarious. The like, There's no way they ever went, oh, that was a tragedy. Yeah, it's always that. like, yeah, if you're a boy, like, oh, let's get it over and done. We just want to, like, you know, bone some chicks. Awesome, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, though in between is a little bit. Oh, is it? No, because actually I'm thinking of the main character. That's quite humorous. Anyway. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then for a girl, it's like there's so much trepidation and fear and like it means so much and like what are people going to think about you and all this stuff. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, shut up. Like it's just sex. It's fine. Like sure, it can. it's a little bit scary, but just to see that continuous portrayal of like it being such a big momentous thing in a woman's life. Sure. It's just stupid. 
So moving on from George for a second, the mm. other character that I think the show rests upon a little bit too much, for whatever reason this season, let's be honest, Mandy Patinkin, mm. the shining light, the aest <laughs> yeah. of A-list possible people in this show, mm. someone who is way too good for this show, Root gets pushed to the sidelines. I don't know if that was a... A contractual thing, I don't know if that's something he wanted to do. He mm. certainly seemed to be a little less invested in <laughs> in this season. Yeah. But he gets pushed aside a little bit. He's got a storyline, which is actually okay, I think. Mm. Um, it helps that Mandy Patinkin is, is acting Yeah, out. he sells it. He, he could do any sleep and he sell it. <laughs> that's true. But, like, he gets pushed aside a little bit mm. and Mason gets so much screen time in this season. Yeah. And... For whatever reason, the writers think that that's, he is the comedy goldmine. He is where they'll place, put all their chips on making things funny. And it's the same goddamn jokes every goddamn time. And I don't know if it's the writing. And I don't know if it's the actor. And I don't know if it's direction. I don't know if it's all of them. But it's never funny. It's never it's funny. It's never funny. I just, for a lot of scenes, because I mean, we were talking about the fact that, he, yeah, he just isn't funny. The character just... It's awful to watch because mm. they put so much emphasis on how hilarious he is. And then I just imagine Xander from Buffy, like, mm. saying those lines and being in those scenes. And honestly, some scenes it doesn't work because there's so much profanity and that kind of thing. Sure. But if just, like, some of those lines could work, it's just timing. And it's that so off consistently. Yeah. I actually, there was a point in the season where a line actually got delivered with like some amount of comic timing. Yeah. I'm like, that, I can't believe it's the direction. That was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> that was an accident because every other time a line like that comes along, yeah, it gets ruined. George yeah. gets them a lot. There was one in the final mm. episode and she said, there was a line about, so the last episode's about Halloween and there's this kid with an- Halloween? Halloween. Halloween. It's, it's Halloween, isn't it? Halloween, yeah. Dyson Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I'll drink just to, just because I got that one wrong. <laughs> gulp, gulp, gulp. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> And the kid is wearing one of those fake arrows through his head, right? Yeah. And she says the line to him, you know, I've actually seen that before. It's not nearly as funny in real life or something along those yeah. lines. But she... I mean, it's not... Like, even on the written page, it's not that funny. No. But there is a way to deliver that in a dry or light. There's a way to deliver that mm-hmm. and at least make it amusing. Yeah. At least make it feel authentic from the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just r- completely overplays it. Yeah. And like really wink, wink, nudge, nudges, I'm a reaper. Yeah. Which is where a lot of the humor comes from anyway. <laughs> and well, it- I think, yeah, George is the perfect example of that where she's just constantly being sarcastic, but it's never funny just because that's the way it's played slash directed. Mm-hmm. It, that's where like you can, that's the thing. You can have a Daria. Yeah, People totally. love Daria. She's hilarious. And she, you know. Says some awful things, so she does have a good heart, but she, you know, can say, kind of say whatever she wants in a lot of ways and get away with it because it's funny. One, it helps that it's amazingly written, that of course, show. absolutely. But the voice actors are really, really good. Mm-hmm. One, this show is written pretty poorly. And two, I just don't think a lot of the actors are comedic actors and they may not have the skills that it takes to pull some of those things off. Partic- well, one example of that is when they make George do physical comedy yeah and it's so awkward to watch yeah it's really painful because she's just that takes a special skill set to be able to do physical comedy she has one physicality it's always 
there. It's always this like oh, you mean bow- like consistently the same? Yeah, she's got this, like, this right? one bow-legged like mm-hmm. thing that she does when she's yep. sitting or standing or whatever. It's always the same mm-hmm. way: skinny little legs and her knees pointed in towards each other. Yeah, and that's it's always like that. And you mm-hmm. try to do anything else with her. Sorry to Ellen Muth. Yeah, <laughs> Muth M U T H. Yeah. But she just, she was not. Let's think, like, we haven't discussed. seen her in anything else. Yeah, I So don't it's know. really hard to judge if it's direction or acting. Well, this gets us, if we're going to progress to this a little bit, this mm-hmm. sort of gets me to episode three, which is an episode called Ghost Stories. This is what I've written down in my notes. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this actually feels like a show. Okay, writing and good, capital letters, direction. But only one this director did. The right. guy's name is Milan. Shalov. So I looked him up afterwards. I need I need to know what had changed because the first two episodes, like I had completely destroyed me. Mm. They were so bad. I was like, I can't yeah. believe I have to watch the rest of the series. And episode <laughs> three came along. I'm like, oh my god, there's hope. There's somehow this show will be good. And I and then I was like, I need to find who directed this because I could tell straight away who somebody's done a little bit of directing. Mm. You could just feel it was in the craft. Of the way they use the camera, in the editing, in the shot choices, in the performances. Mm. Everything was a little bit different. And I went and looked up and to see if he'd done any more episodes. Mm. No, he's done one episode. It was that episode. Yeah. But the guy is um, very, very successful in Hollywood and in he's TV. prolific, isn't he? As yeah. a TV director, yeah. he's done a lot of stuff. A lot of 24. Mm. A lot of... like He was on Heroes, I think. He was on... Mm. He's, you can really name any show that's been on TV in the last sort of 15 years and he's probably directed an episode of it. And you can kind of see why mm. people go to him because he knows what he's doing. And it was really strange. Like I, I think I said it was okay writing. The writing probably wasn't any better. Yeah, it wasn't. But in the hands of someone who could get a half-decent performance, yes, who could tell his actors you don't need to go mm-hmm. for the rafters yeah. with these comedy bits to just... like. I said in the first episode, Joy, George's mother, mm. so because they still have this goddamn family drama attached to this show as well for some reason. For yeah, me, it's always stuff. a problem because she's constantly shrill and sort of like the way they treat George. Maybe that's intentional, but always, always sarcastic. She's and very one note. Mm-hmm. Very note, very one note, very bitter. Actually played a touch of subtlety. She yeah. read lines in a way that didn't immediately go to irritated, mm-hmm. that went to a mother trying yeah. to connect with her daughter for a second. And I was like, oh, this is a different take. And then, I don't know, I got excited for well, a second. Well, I just remember made... when you came and spoke to me about it and you, and you were excited about it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check this out. Um, and I don't generally pick up on a lot of things that you pick up when watching. Like, you know, you pick up music and I, a lot I, of like the direct, I like the director's the, choices, a little bit yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm a bit more of a passive viewer in that sense. I kind of just I don't pick up those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you saying that what he did and what you really appreciated is, yeah, he didn't rely completely on the script to tell the story. Yes. He gave the viewer some space to interpret it how they might. He used his skill as a director to you know, persuade us to maybe see some things that we need to see or understand, but didn't like smash us over the head. With... There was a visual language to mm-hmm. the to the episode, yeah. which I've not seen in any other episode of the show. It felt less claustrophobic, that's for sure. Things like just 
basic focus pulls. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really hard to explain because it's subtle little things. Yeah. But just for a second, it felt like a show where someone gave a damn. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of this show where it just feels like no one cares. No one is putting in the effort. No one really cares about the material. And that's like we talked about how, or you said specifically, you thought the show improved after Brian Fuller left. Mm. Like the thing that sticks out to me is that there's no one attached to this show at this point. I don't think you actually cared. Not at all. They were there. If they were there, they were doing it for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they saw some clever ways to go with the story a couple of times and that was fun to see as a viewer but well what amazed me was you know I think we'd watch all but one episode and I we were just about to start the last episode and I turned you and I was like what's the arc of this season Mm. I think Mm. you sat there for a good like two minutes before you could think of anything the fact that you can have someone I'm assuming they had someone who was a showrunner and there is no arc for us no real big major arc that you can just think of like that in a second yeah it took me a lot of work to think that of is anything bad that is lazy it's just ridiculous to me that, that it's even occurred yeah that, that was allowed to happen that this show just seemingly had no direction whatsoever well much like any ind- individual episode of the show mm. the season was very much a bunch of stuff happening yeah and sometimes that stuff would pique my interest sometimes mm. there'd be something that i'd go oh that's interesting. I hope they go somewhere good with that. They don't. And then they Spoiler squander alert. Squander it. Yeah. And part of me wonders, maybe some of that stuff would have been explored in a season three if it happened. Mm. But I don't care that it didn't because I just had even the- Yeah, I'm sorry. If you've wasted in- Fair enough, there was a lot of stuff going on in season one and things didn't come together. If you've wasted all of season two and you haven't really done anything- like, the, we shouldn't expect, like, be expected to want a season three. Mm-hmm. You've clearly shown that you don't have the skills to tell mm-hmm. a really good story. Yeah. So why on earth would we be interested, even if you did have maybe some ideas to go there in the future? Go there, like, at least partially and consistently in season two. Or even Do that. end season one in a way that, that hints towards mm. this bigger world that you maybe want to get to eventually. But I'll, I'm convinced that they didn't even know it was there until they accidentally stumbled upon it, posi- stumbled upon it. Somewhere during season two. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe negotiating for contracts for season three, hoping they'd have a season three. Like, <laughs> oh, we'd better come up with some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's exhausting to think about and just a little bit depressing to think about. It makes me uh, angry when I'm just watching it and thinking. As someone who wants to be involved in like making television as well. Yeah, it's like, like to have such an amazing opportunity to create something. You have... So much good stuff to explore here. And it's they, not going to take that much. Just like a little bit of imagination. And you could like take this story in incredible directions. And they don't. Mm-hmm. At all. It's insulting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's insulting. And it's a bit disappointing. And then, I mean, I mean, that's what's really frustrating for me, especially after episode three gave me just a touch of hope. Mm. It made me see... The potential in the show, if someone gave a damn. We move into episode four, the shallow end, where I've got a, I've actually my notes here are really interesting too because there's a I've got a lot of questions in mm. this one. Number one, do you remember 
well, we hadn't started watching the show together at this point, listeners, but mm. I sent you a couple of texts. I said, sent one about episode three because I was excited that it actually felt like a show. Yes, I said right. one about episode four. And I said, holy shit, episode four has a Nostradamus, Nostradamus moment. moment. Do you remember what that was? Did you no. ever see that? Okay. So there's this weird... Sorry, because I, I was well behind brought in watching this because i was putting it off for as long as possible so yeah what was it this is this is not it's not really a critique of the show at all it's just something that really weird that happened mm. this is part where george is taught i think george one of the voiceovers is talking about assholes in society right and there is a it starts with hitler mm. and then it goes through two other like fascist dictators yeah and then ends with donald trump it was really, really? fucking strange. I, I was probably on my phone at that point because I was like, oh, George is talking. But oh, it, that's it's like, oh. and like, this is oh my 13 God. years ago that someone had connected Hitler to Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know anyone was doing that at the time. It was really strange. I was like, that's really weird. That is so strange. So strange. I'll well, show it to you later. At that stage, why would anyone be aligning those things? I don't know. They were suggesting he was an asshole. They were suggesting these people were assholes, yeah. I think was what she was oh, going okay. with. But, but it's just still. really weird to see where the world is right now. <laughs> Depends when you listen to this. Maybe this is the post-apocalypse. World mm. War Three has already happened. But it's like... I mean, two- I don't want to call Donald Trump Hitler because he'll sue me. <laughs> But I'm not going to continue that sentence because I think I've said all I need to say about that. <laughs> um, you but- <laughs> said enough by not saying things. That's right. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, anyway. I so didn't I notice just, that. That's, that's I'll terrifying. I'll show it to you later because I was just like, I was just like, my brain, like just the universe time itself mm. is exploding around me for a second. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, something that was weird about the episode, it was an episode where we were following around an old man for some reason. Like, oh, he um, had died in the pool. He had he, died in the pool. He was oh, what's the hilarious naked. joke about that guy? Do you remember the hilarious? He's naked. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, he's got massive balls. He's got massive balls. Massive balls. Which apparently is hilarious that they need to repeat it in every scene at least three times. Everyone has to comment. Do I kept thinking with some of these jokes? It's like, what are the actors thinking? They've gone to, you know, art, you know, gone to school. They've probably gone to like Juilliard. What's the, what's the, I can't remember what's Juilliard. Called. Juilliard, thank you. I was Not Giuliani. <laughs> you've been watching the news too much. Some, some of them may, may have done that too. They've gone to Juilliard. They like, you know, studied the craft of acting mm. and they're going to have to like make faces at a guy's balls. Yeah, just- I, I think that's very much, unfortunately, the tone of this show now. Yeah. Is Did you see an old that man with giant act- balls. Jeez. <laughs> 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 did, did you see that in the actor's face? Like, I, I look at, yeah. The Manny Patinkin, I, think I, was I look just, in his eyes. Yeah. There's a man who is just there for a paycheck. You look yeah. in the actress who plays... Uh, Roxy? Daisy. Oh, Daisy. Daisy. Right. Daisy. Yeah. And to some degree, they're trying to really really bring her character down, mm. take her to a sort of depressing place as the season goes along. Yeah. But she looked dead inside, which, I mean, is hilarious since she's a reaper, but <laughs> not in the right way. She looked like someone who did not want to be there anymore. And I wonder whether the material might have made me do the same thing if I was in that show. I mean, probably. I, I don't know exactly what the reasons were for mm. things, certain things that happened for the movie that happened after Delicate Mix. true. But obviously, Manny Patinkin did not come back to reprise mm-hmm. his role. And the character of Daisy was recast. So I don't know if those actors were like, I don't care how much you pay me, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Or if it was just like, no, I'm doing something else, whether it was scheduling. But 
I like to think they were like, not nah, how dare you even ask. I'm too good for this. Yeah. Um, something that was really interesting, though, is that old man was... Like, the thing that gets him to go to the afterlife eventually, he's refusing to go because mm. he wants to see his own funeral, right? This is the storyline episode. Mm. The thing that makes him go is the... He knows his wife, who has already passed, is going to be there. Yeah. Her name is Betty. Betty. Yeah, I thought they were going somewhere with that. For people who don't remember or we haven't listened to episode out. one, when the show starts, the first five episodes, there is this character by the name of Betty who then leaves and then is replaced by Daisy. So why the hell, when you've made less than 20 episodes at this point... Do you name any other character Betty? You know why? why? Because the no writers, one gives a damn. The writers on this show don't remember what they've already written, <laughs> hence why we see the same episode about 20 times. They just don't remember. I feel like they get blackout drunk every week and just reset. No, you, you did say something. I liked your interpretation you had earlier. Oh, uh, pe- yeah. So while watching this season, it just felt as though every writer working on this show was given like a little bit of like a rundown of an idea of an episode. Then they were each stuck in a separate room and they wrote an episode each with the same rundown. And then for some reason, the showrunner was like, you know, these are all individually really good. Let's just make that a season. And this is what we've got. The same episode over (laughs) and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's good times over here. Do 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 you feel bad? Do you feel bad that we're just ragging on this show? No, I don't feel no, bad. No, no, this needs to be said, right? I think I need to purge this from my system. Yeah, I, I mean, I watch a lot of crap. Like, I enjoy really good television, but I am, you know, I'm all about watching a crappy reality show. Like, I can appreciate something that's so bad it's good, sure, or something that's just kind of like average, but it's a bit of like Grey's Anatomy. I'll happily watch that and just cry because it's good for a cry, and it's like it's nonsense, but I know that and it's fine. Mm-hmm. This is so bad, I cannot find any kind of enjoyment in it at all, mm-hmm. which has never happened to me before. I've never had this experience. I'm so offended by what I've had to <laughs> sat through that, no, I don't feel bad for my opinion. Anyway, there's heaps of people out there who love it, so yeah, that's fine. True. I mean, it? you've got to have like balance, don't you? We can't all be like, oh, it's amazing, because <laughs> it's not... <laughs> That would be a lie. I'm glad our standard of comedy is that much better than Dead Like Me. Just making voices. (laughs) We should just add like fart noises, like a morning radio show. (laughs) Right? We should be radio show. Yeah. Um, Oh, we need to think of stupid morning radio names, nicknames for each other. A couple of other things that occurred to me in this episode. Daisy's story building, maybe. So, you know, a bit of hope. Oh, yeah, there was a moment with a priest, which was quite nice. There was a transgender moment. Transgender three question marks. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, so what happens is Daisy goes to a plastic surgeon's office. Runs into. She's surrounded by all these women who are awful, vapid, just terrible examples of what a woman is. Um, And then sitting next to her is a young, well, kind of youngish man. Mm, Late 30s. Like 30s, oh, least. okay. All right. Um, don't you think? All right, yeah, sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't paying that much attention, I'll be honest with you. for aging people. Yeah. Um, well, he had really nice skin. Anyway, it's beyond... It's a- He'd been a plastic surgeon. That's true. Anyway, um, she begins speaking to him, and he is a trans woman mm-hmm. who I guess is going... He seems... He's definitely pre transition because he doesn't yeah. seem to be on any type of hormones or anything. Well, he seems to suggest he was a... Like, he was pre-op, like, he was about yeah. to go through the op. 
is yes, sort of what he's suggesting. Doesn't, didn't seem to me like he sure. had been on any type of medication, um, as in like hormones, I mean. Sure. Um, and then he dies in a really horrific way in which a woman throws a stiletto into his eyeball. And is his eyeball in the, in the middle of his forehead? It didn't seem like it got him in the eyeball. Oh, well, I just assumed it'd be the eyeball because well, how on earth could she have pummeled the stiletto? Is, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, so he dies and Daisy rapes him and then it becomes really religious and very... It felt weird. It felt really weird. A trans person. Well, let's think. Okay. So being religious and being part of the LGBTQI plus community is a really interesting Mm -hmm. subject. Mm -hmm. I think that's really something cool to explore. However, what a problem is with this show in a lot of stories that they go through is that you have such a small amount of time seemingly on these like little stories of people who have died yeah for something so sensitive mm-hmm. yeah it's trivialized it's just it's not done to any way that it's really explores yeah, yeah it really yeah. explores it at all and it's just this trans guy who's raised by a very religious mother and he goes to a church and he's very angry at God for making him an outsider. But it well, doesn't at, at the end of the day, if, it, if, it's, if it's doing anything, it's just appealing to this weird storyline with Daisy about mm. religion. It's got less to do with... It's got nothing to do with her at all. Well, her as in the transgender yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah, it's got less to do with her mm. and more to do with Daisy. Yeah. And that seems a little bit... Like you, that's when you say you're maybe taking advantage yeah. of, yeah, a really sensitive and probably hot topic in 2003. Let's be honest, yes. 2004, um, sensitive issue, maybe mm. even a very maybe still not as well understood as it should be issue compared mm. to 2016. Um, and then yeah, and, and mainly just to serve this pretty trash storyline for Daisy. Yeah, it seems a little yeah to serve like the storyline of this like cisgendered woman who lives a pretty good life and we don't really understand why she has this great big conflict with her religion and God and stuff. Are they trying to equate living as a reaper with (laughs) being someone who doesn't, who isn't born to the sex they identify as being like, like, is that what they're trying to do? One, that would be insulting if they were Two, no, I don't think they were because I don't think they put that much thought into it. Okay. Sure. Sure. At all. Sure. It's like, oh, what haven't we had on the show? I don't know, a trans person. Speaking of things I didn't put a whole lot of thought into, mm. this episode ends in a fairly interesting place, if you remember. There's flashbacks throughout this episode to George, our main character, when she was a child, which happens in a lot of episodes, of her at a swimming pool. And the, the storyline mm. going through this episode, I almost said the word I was meant to say, um, <laughs> going through this episode is that she was bad at making friends, mainly yes. because she didn't want to be mean and be a bully. Right. I'm sorry. I I know where you're going with this, but I really want to talk about that when you get after okay. your point. But yep. then we get through that, right? And she gets pushed into the pool by this other girl who was a bit of an outsider. And she ends up underwater and we see these two Gravelings. And to remind the people who don't remember, Gravelings are these weird monsters that like set up... Like goblin things. Yeah, yeah, they sort of set up the deaths, the accidental deaths. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they're always around. They're sort yeah. of the, the cause. Um, and they set up... They, they're there, two of them. Mm-hmm. And they've opened up this grate... And yeah. it seems like they were planning to kill George. Well, one of them was doing it and, like, obviously planning for, I guess, her to be sucked into the grate a little bit and yeah. maybe drown. And then another one swims up to it and, like, whispers, whispers something into its ear. 
and then they and they like are looking at George this whole time and like they're obviously it's indicated that they're talking about her. Yeah. And then they swim away. And we see George's face and she sees them. Well see, which is something I didn't I thought maybe, but it right. wasn't super clear because yeah. but later on we find out for sure that she has always seen Gravelings. Although when she first gets killed, she doesn't ever suggest that she's seen yeah, these. Yeah, she's like, What are those things? Yeah. Once again, the writers don't care. It's yep. just like we've got a a new idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but the one thing I wanted to talk about for this episode. Oh, oh, oh just going on oh, that sorry. for a second. Yeah. That if that's that whatever that was mm. never goes anywhere. No. Were they hinting at something? Did you think they were suggesting that maybe the Gravelings had selected her to not die then because they saw something in her that was going to become important later? I mean, I. Th- think so just because so for a second have, i was excited yeah like, we, for a second i was like oh my god we have here. we have two flashbacks with george as a little girl in which we see her see the gravelings mm-hmm. and then there is an episode later on in the season in which george touches a graveling mm. and I, I guess kills it like it kind of she touches it with her reaper powers and it kind of just disappears as in, like, it's it's gone, it's dead. So I don't know whether they're turning George into some sort of... Whether she's a, some sort of special Reaper. There's something genuinely special about her. That's where I assume they were going with it. But, I mean, it was so sparse and I, um, who knows? Who knows? It could have been another storyline that just fell by the wayside. You don't know with these writers. Well, or it was certainly... It seemed like they were going somewhere with it. it we did, never got yeah, there. yeah, yeah. But, you know... Even if you've got a semi-interesting, mm. you know, plot element there, you you haven't earned no. that third season. <laughs> no, you haven't. To find out what that is. Yeah, yeah, but Going something back. I yeah something I want to talk about in this episode is yeah George is talking about how assholes like rule the world and they get everything and how Hitler, she Trump yeah yeah how she's like this nice person or whatever. I would like to know what evidence we have ever seen. This happens a few times oh. where people suggest that, that George she's kind, is kind, she's nice, that she's anything other than surly asshole is ridiculous. It's absurd. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I've got it here in episode 14. Dolores, one of my favorite characters from season one, who, again, another actor who is definitely pulling their weight, yeah. but also seems a little dead inside by the mm-hmm. time they get around to making season two. Um, so she, this is... A, a, Obstensively, <laughs> so close. So close. George's boss, mm-hmm. a happy time, her second job that's not reaping. <laughs> she suggests that George has grown into an impressive young lady or something along those lines. Mm. My response Ridiculous. to this in the notes is what, all capital letters, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Where on earth does anything suggest that she's in any way impressive? And she's an At awful all. human being. She's completely self-centered. There's nothing about her that's redeemable. Yeah. Even if Dolores was talking about just work-based, one time she was given any responsibility. She fucked it up. She fucked it up. She didn't want to do it. She was yep. lazy as shit yep. and was like complaining the whole time. Oh, she's just the worst person. How, how much of her time at Happy Time is spent just swiveling around her chair looking mopey? How just much like- of it is spent... Actively judging people and yes. thinking that she's better than them. That's what makes me angry when... Okay, so in this episode, she decides that she's going to be an asshole because assholes get away with things. And she is treating people so 
awfully. That's right. But yeah. things like she's she hasn't been quite so overt with it, but she's always been rude to these people. Yeah. She's always been dismissive of them, their lives, their concerns, everything. And she's like, you haven't earned the right to have one episode where you're ridiculously bad because you're awful. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see you like shit on these people more than you already have. Fuck, I hate George. I hate her. I act, I genuinely hate her. She's a terrible human being. She's a terrible character. And it's like She's I, a mean girl. She's an absolute mean girl. Sure, sure. And there is something to be gained. Like, you can have a character like that and make them interesting or make them funny or make them whatever mm-hmm. when you make them the villain, say, in Mean Girls, for example. Mm-hmm. Or, like, again, there are characters that can be like that and can be redeemable because they have redeemable qualities, mm-hmm. but George does not express it enough and she never learns. No. It's just not there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, yeah. moving on. We're only episode four. We need to steamroll through this because God knows I'm running out of any sort of... I mean, of I feel like we've covered a lot of it anyway, just True. through ranting, but yeah. Episode five, my only note here is going to use Rube's cutting in line asshole line, which yeah. I quite liked. I, I actually like that a lot. So I work... Um, where I am constantly having to deal with parents and their children and really demanding parents. Sure. And his line of like, how dare you use your child like that? It's disgraceful. I'm you def- should be I'm, ashamed. You should be ashamed. Yeah. I'm going to be using that yeah. in the future. And he had a line yeah, before that. He's like, are all these people behind me, behind you assholes? And yeah. that person's like, no. It's like, oh, so you're the only asshole here then? Yeah. I was like, that's gold. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like that one. And Maddie Patinkin, like yeah. Maddie Patinkin, Delivering that line, it's always going to be gold. It's fantastic. That was, I don't even remember the rest of the episode. He was writing a line for a letter. All I remember is Mason was riding a bike and it was meant to be funny and it wasn't because Mason isn't funny. That's all I remember. Yeah, really going for the physical humor with him. I don't know. Is Is that a lazy writing thing? It's like, I can't think of anything. I can't actually write anything funny. Mm. Let's just write something like, I can imagine in script sometimes just like, and action happens. It's like, yeah. And physical humor happens. Let's just let Mason. Um, probably act wouldn't to surprise do it. me if that was what was going on. Yeah. Followed up by episode six. The beginning of my lines are <sighs> full capital letters, fart jokes. As I said before, a whole scene about that. Oh, and this starts this whole thing. Okay, okay. So like, I'm all about the show evolving. I'm all about you know exploring different things with with the show. But they have set a precedent, right? <laughs> That this show is about a group of reapers who mm-hmm. are explicitly about external influence, yep. right? And in 
just about every single episode yeah. up until this point. That means accident. Accidents. That means absolutely funny accident. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, something, some Rube Goldberg machine happens and someone dies, mm-hmm. basically. And yep. then all of a sudden, we get like three or four episodes in a row. The real shift. Yep. Where people are being murdered a lot. There's a mm-hmm. lot of murder. Yeah. And theoretically, I, I think it's easy to, you know, yeah, so someone else killing you is external circumstances. Sure. But often those things also end in suicide. There's one coming up. Where, is actually episode six, where he walks into an office, kills a bunch of people with an AK-47, and mm. then shoots himself, at least that's what is suggested to the audience. Yeah. That person is raped, but they've committed, this is the second time that suicide mm-hmm. has been considered, doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any, doesn't sense. Make any sense. It's because they don't care. They don't, they don't care about the rules of their own care. show. They don't care. No one's running this ship. They don't care. They don't care. They do not care. They don't care. They do not care. They don't care. I don't care at all. I don't give a shit. Run. <laughs> Run as fast as you can. <laughs> Seven days. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either, but I enjoyed um, it. At this point, I also wrote the note, this show should be 20 minutes an ep. It drags its way to 46 minutes every mm-hmm. time. And this is this is the thing. Yes. It's, it's, for whatever reason, it's decided its format is 46 minutes. It's this. Do you reckon that's like a Showtime thing? Because they're on like cable or whatever and they're like... Maybe, but I, I yeah. feel like there are there are shows on other cable stations. Yeah, that I'm sure are there are. Shorter. I'm just trying to find a reason for this huge mistake. Yeah. Some well, maybe back in the day when Brian Fuller right, was yeah, running yeah, and yeah, had true, a true, bigger true. idea. Yeah. I've, he, I've got to keep reminding myself that it was you know meant to be a different show. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And but the way that it ends up being where it's heavily comedy, trying to be comedy without being funny, with this stupid family drama thing tacked onto it, which is. It's like, it's not even, it's barely worth mentioning because it's so... The family so, stuff. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it's so unconnected to everything yeah. else that's going on. I mean... Disconnected. Yeah, yeah disconnected. I mean, I would happily watch a show. I mean, not happily, that's a weird word. But, you know, watch a show mm. about a family trying to navigate through grief. Sure. That's interesting. I was almost about to say what I wasn't meant to say. That's interesting by itself. <laughs> to me way too long to figure out a replacement. That's interesting by itself. I don't yeah, I don't need it tacked on to another show. Mm-hmm. It's just superfluous and a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hence why 20 minutes is probably a good idea for a well, show like this. Well, what the other thing is, it's not even if you just if you even just take that out, the, the mm. show would still be 30 minutes long, right? Yeah. And, a, and so much of that time is spent just it's so often I feel like I could skip the first twenty minutes and it wouldn't matter mm-hmm. because the actual story doesn't start kicking in until halfway through the episode. Yep, like they just sort of piss fight around between minutes well, until they get to the bit that's important. The amazing thing about these two seasons is you could actually truncate them to about five episodes. Mm, mm. Like when you think of everything that's happened, kind of. I, there are some bigger. We're getting there. We're about to. We're sort of getting to the stuff where it actually the show starts to expand a little bit. All right, I'm going to give them eight episodes. No, I think you could. I think you can condense this down to two to a season Mm. of twenty minute episodes, right? Because you need to. I think you could fit them into. Wait a second. That's pretty much the same amount. No, there's a difference because a season of twenty minute episodes. Mm. Because you were saying, sorry, sorry, you were saying half a season? 
The five episodes, right? Right. So no, yeah. I changed to eight. Yeah. Okay, yeah. eight still, right? Yeah. Eight is still half a season, even though the episode lengths are longer, right? But the difference is, you need to have your beginning, middle, and end points. You can't. Mm. It would be bad for us to say you could fit in all of this story into it. Like you could couldn't condense four episodes worth of story and stuff that's got to get a beginning, middle, and end, like an arc, right? Mm. Into an episode that would be a mess, much like the show already is. <laughs> So, if you condense this down to 15, 20-minute episodes, right. which all have their three-act structure, oh, and take out the saying, last family right, right. stuff, then yes. Running time-wise, it would be same. five normal yep. episodes, same running time, but yep. not the same structure. Yes, that's true. That's but you, yeah, true. if you reformat it that way, I yep. 100% agree. You could mm-hmm. totally, anything that's worth being in there could be condensed down to Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much work that needs to be done to make this show good, I guess. But yeah, if... I think, and we discussed this earlier, if one, you change it into 20-minute episodes mm-hmm. and you remove George's narration and voiceover, mm-hmm. you've mm. solved so many of your own problems just by doing that. Maybe it, a bit of recasting too. And yes, yes. That, that, I mean, that, like I said, there's plenty of stuff things. you need to do, yeah. but just those two basic things, I suppose they're not basic really if you're changing how long an episode is, but those two things there would help it. A lot. Episode seven, my single note is, boy, it's a thoroughly stale episode. It's the one about the one where George has to reap a famous guy who's apparently a rock star, but really he's just a Christian rock, a Christian country singer. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Why? Why? I'm just, yeah, Cam. Why? <laughs> Why? Why is this there? I, I mean, I didn't mind the little bit with Daisy and the priest. That was okay. But, yeah. No, I think why is a good title for this episode. <laughs> That's why it's bleh. It's not... It's it's bleh. I'll say... I'll, I'll perform it properly. It's bleh. It's not... <laughs> it's not terrible. Yeah. It's not good. It's just... Meh. Maybe that's a better word yeah, for meh. it. Yeah, meh. See, I see, meh. like, Blair as blech. No, no, Like, no. kind of like, you're just yeah. really exasperated. But you're right. meh is just like, meh. I, yeah, it's more meh. It couldn't be a more nothing episode. Mm. There's just, it just rides that completely neutral yeah. line all the way through. Episode eight, there's not a whole lot. Oh, there's a couple of things here. Show I want to watch. Surly Mandy Patinkin teaching primary school. Yes. That scene was yeah. actually With, really interesting. And I really enjoyed Daisy as, as like his assistant. yeah, as his teacher's aide. It okay. was good. Pitch you a show. <laughs> Manny Dickin <laughs> plays a surly primary school teacher. He's a guy who's from the ninth who from the early Don't you don't century. even need to go on. That show's been sold. <laughs> he has an assistant who's died in the nineteen thirties. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of pretentious little kids who don't know anything about the world. Love it. They don't know what mammals are. I love it. Right. I mean... I'm sorry, but those kids were fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see... This is the thing, right? Mm. This is the thing about this show, right? Because it's... Because it's so... It's got a massive hard-on for death, right? And yeah, Yeah. fair enough. It's about Reapers. It's dead like me. But when... So the scene is... Mandy Patinkin's pretending to be... Rube is pretending to be a teacher for... I don't know. Because... He has to be at the school for some reason. Yeah, and then yeah, Daisy whatever. pushed him into it, basically. Yeah. And then he's like, what do all these animals have in common? And there's like a bat 
and a whale and a bear and stuff like that. No, this. it's only three. It's a it's, bat, it's, a tiger, and a... I don't know, but there is a, definitely a blue whale that's just off the camera. Oh, is it? it does show up later. There's a bunch oh, of them, okay. right? But no, 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 because he says they're mammals and a whale but is not a mammal. A is whale. a whale a mammal? <laughs> what? What? Oh my God, I'm an idiot child. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a fish. <laughs> no, no, I know a whale isn't a fish. I've, I'm just an idiot. It's, it's one thirty in the morning, and I've had whiskey. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, anyway, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. You better believe that's making it to the final <laughs> I am not editing that out for anything. Um, <laughs> I refuse to do this podcast anymore. I'm walking out. Thank um, you. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. Anyway. Just so you know, Brod's crying. <laughs> there are... Four mammals, one of them a whale on this board. <laughs> and. No, nah, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Nah. It's a fish. It swims. It's in the ocean. Hello. Like, <laughs> learn science, you moron. <laughs> but, like, this is a great example of, like, you, we can see it coming, right? You can yeah. see where the writers will go with this. Yeah. And he's asking what they all got in common. And one of them says, they can all swim. And one of them says, blah, blah, blah. And then one set, one of the kids says, they all die. And you're like, yes, of course you were going to say that. Because your fucking title is dead like me. And but also, like, no one would say that. But no one would say that. No but they had that. to say it because the show is dead like me. Anyway, <laughs> I just found that really irritating. Anyway, but I did want, I want to see that show. That, was a good, that would be a good show. Mandy Patinkin, the surly primary school teacher. But what about mm. this bit that comes up later in the episode? Mm. So... We established in the first season that there are these... You didn't like this, Eleanor, but I did like it. That there are these child reapers. I don't mind the child reapers. I, it bothered me that they... Like, this one reaps animals. Sure, okay. But... Mm. But essentially what happens yeah. is George's little sister goes to school and this Komodo dragon, which is not a Komodo dragon, by the way. There's no... I, Isn't it a little mate, one? Is it? Or is it like a lace monitor or something like that? Like, there is no... I, I don't know. I'm Googling I went. It. I went to the Ballarat Wildlife Park the other day. <laughs> that did not look like a Komodo I dragon. I think I know something about animals. How does that kid... There's no way that kid has a Komodo dragon. Because that thing will grow to a fucking monster and will eat people. <laughs> the point is, this kid comes to reap this lizard. That's what I'm going to say. Mm. Reap this lizard. And... For some reason, because there's no way... Okay. At the end of the episode, <laughs> Reggie runs out to talk to this kid, who's obviously... Like, she picks up that he's struggling to live and is, like, stealing people's lunches because he doesn't have, like, a family or whatever, which mm. is the problem with Reapers have. They don't get any money for what they do. And then she says, Do you know George? And she says... He, he says, Oh, yeah. She's the toilet seat girl, essentially. Yeah. Like, she, I've met her once. Mm-hmm. And somehow, for no, she she can't a she can't know that George is a reaper. B she can't know what a reaper is at all. C she can't know that this guy's a reaper. And D how the fuck does she connect those two at all? 
There is no logical reason for her to connect this kid with her dead sister in any way. No, there isn't at all. It is the most bizarre, ridiculous leap of logic. Mm-hmm. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. It's clumsy. There's nothing else I can it's say about it. It's clumsy and lazy. Usually at this point, I try to find... it doesn't anywhere. Yeah. It's not like she follows this kid around. It's not like she's still trying to find George, even yeah. though... Ugh. Yeah, if, even if she had connected those dots, as if she wouldn't be hunting that kid down for more information. Like, yeah, things just don't go anywhere. And usually, like, in this situation, I'd be like, oh, maybe they could do this, this, and this. But there's so much wrong going on here that I just can't even be bothered to, like, start to think of ways for them to fix it. Yeah. Mm. Moving along, episode nine. <laughs> Jeez. There's a lot of murder still going on, which doesn't, which is unprecedented. No. Daisy's storyline is starting to get interesting. This is the episode Ooh, where... Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about this one? Um, So, I... I was about to say I liked this episode. That's a bit of a stretch. But there was... You tolerated this I episode. I tolerated it. You and liked this one. You disliked this one the least. That's true. Okay. That is very true. I, I do like the actress that plays Daisy. And mm. I think Daisy has a lot... I don't know if she's got... Does she have a lot more to work with, you think, than the rest of the characters? She's... Definitely in this season, she's given a lot more. Yeah. Like I said, there was that weird religious storyline, mm. which to me was pointless. But it, but that inorganically turns into this next one, yes. which is much more interesting, I think. Yes. So Daisy gets a post-it for someone who's in a hotel room. She goes in the hotel room. It's this... Pretty young lass who's waiting for her lover, who is a married man. And Daisy and her are having a conversation about uh, negligees and that kind of thing, a little bonding moment. And the woman goes and has a shower and then Daisy hides in the closet. Mm-hmm. And then we see the married man come in and he's very angry with the mistress for calling his house and he murders her. Mm-hmm. Strangled her to death on yeah, the bed. Yeah, yeah. And Daisy's in the wardrobe and she is, you upset. know, she's very upset. She, I believe she's like almost on the verge of tears. She yeah, she's crying. actually crying. Yeah. Um, as she like hears this woman being murdered. And then later we see, is she talking to, does she talk to Roxy at any So what stage? she does is she then, um, I can't oh, remember what right. she does, but she does something. I think she leaves a post-it maybe. She doesn't leave a post-it. She writes on the hotel stationery the man's name yep. so that the police will find him. And Roxy, who's a police officer now, yes, inside right. inside an episode of the show, goes Ridiculous. from being a meter maid to a police officer, um, recognises it as being... In case you didn't already realise, no one cares. <laughs> like, no one cares on this show what's logical and what isn't, anyway. Recognises being Daisy's handwriting. Mm-hmm. So Roxy confronts Daisy about that and Roxy's like, you know, why are you so upset? Like, it didn't happen to you. And Daisy just kind of leaves it at that. She's upset. That's all she needs to know. And then later on in the episode, um, she's having a moment to herself and Mason joins her and he's just like, oh, are you okay? And then she starts talking about her sister or mentions her sister. So obviously something, I'm assuming something happened there with her sister and it was just kind of like... It was really nice to see some raw emotion from anyone on the show that wasn't like a, like a one episode character yeah. that came in to like by possibly by pure accident they hit on an interesting storyline there. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that just occurred to me that I wanted to bring up though. Yeah. You were talking about her, you know, this hotel um, murder, right? Yeah. And one of the things that the show does, right, is it's constantly 
coming up with these new and inventive ways, not always inventive, but ways for people to die, mm-hmm. right? And every time that someone dies, before that death occurs, the Reaper has to figure out who they are, yeah. touch them and take their soul from them. Mm. And it occurred to me one of the reasons that I don't like uh, George and Mason, I do like Rube and to some extent Daisy, mm. is that George and Mason are terrible at it. They are. And not in funny ways. No. They're, they're incredibly uncaring. Un- don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They bumble their way through it. Yeah. And I think I enjoy Rube and Daisy because they actually are good at it. Yeah. And like, there's some skill involved. They're very efficient in what they're doing. There's something enjoyable about watching them be good at their craft. And there's also, because, yeah, they are on the job. So one, they're like, they're really good at finding the people they need to find, Mm -hmm. you know, engaging with them a little bit, but not too much. And then when the person passes, when the person dies, they have like a calming nature about them. So it's nice to see that softer side. Whereas George, we don't really get that, apart from like every now and again, but even then it's pretty crappy. Like I'm thinking about the old lady, but yeah. like uh, Well, that, that just occurs to me though. There, mm. There's something to that. I mean, Reuben and Daisy are doing the, it longer. They're doing the longest yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Just occurred to me, do we ever see Roxy actually reap a single person this season? No, they don't give a shit about Roxy this season. They don't. They don't give a shit they're about completely her at all. Completely sign Which is heartbreaking because she was my like favorite in season one. Yeah. Because I uh, think that Jasmine Guy is like, she's very, she's like one of the actresses in, or actors, actresses in the first season that like nailed her lines and was very funny. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. And then to remove that, mm. holy shit, you like just murder us. Like what is, what is the point of this? Don't Ugh. be, don't be, you know. Don't don't mince words. Tell us what you really feel here, Damas. <laughs> I'm very upset. Um, but yeah, and so okay, it makes a little bit of sense that they've been doing it the longest. Maybe they're mm. the best at it. Mason, Roxy, not that she gets to do it, and yeah. George are the newest at it, so maybe they're less good at that stuff. But there's never any sign of progress. Mm-mm. Mason has a couple, but they don't learn. It never lasts. No, that's the thing. It never lasts. Nothing earned is ever kept so you don't like appreciate anything like because you know it's going to be gone in another second like yeah everything is meaningless in this show uh trying to skip through this now yep episode 10 oh someone dies of spontaneous combustion their department is external influence is your own body spontaneously (sighs) combusting really external external influence um, I believe the answer to that is no, Brod. I believe that might be the the direct definition of internal <laughs> influence. Yeah. That is your own body. Well, later on we meet a reaper who's, um, what's, it was natural causes because she works in an old people's home. Yeah. So that would be a that natural cause. That would make a lot of sense. It would be one that's different for her. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not old age sort of thing. Yeah. But that's her department. Yeah. Surely. Moving on again. In that episode also. <laughs> My line, all caps, shouldn't Rube look different? This is in, mm. this is talking about... You brought this up. I didn't even notice this, like, when I was watching it, because I think I was in a blind rage, but here you go. So, one of the things we established in season one is that when a reaper becomes undead, when, the, when, when someone dies and then becomes a reaper, they change their appearance to the outside world, except to other reapers. They still see them as the person they originally were, but to the rest of the world, say your own family, you look like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Rube, who's been undead for a hundred years or so, goes looking for... Um, he's trying to track down, essentially, his wife and his daughter. You said essentially. Fuck. 
<laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Excuse me while I drink. <clears throat> he goes looking for his wife and his daughter, trying to track down where they are. Yeah. Well, his daughter, because his wife is definitely well, he, dead. Yes, and that's something we sort of discovered. We, we're really starting to discover a bit of room history. A bit more, which is nice. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we come across is, I think it's a wanted poster. It is that a has, wanted poster, That yeah. has a sketch of Rube on it, like a look of his yep. likeness. And the guy that's helping him, this young 18-something-year-old, right, mm. looks at this 100-year-old sketch and looks at Rube and says, hey, this guy looks just like you. But he shouldn't. <laughs> he, he has a new look- face. He shouldn't look anything like him. I think we can safely put that in the category once more of no they don't give cares. a fuck at all. They do not care. No one cares. And so why should I? <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, if the writers don't care, why should I care? Yeah. Uh, episode 11, I simply wrote, whore. Ugh. I believe at one point Mason calls. We start to introduce the storyline. Oh, this is two episodes deep now mm. of Daisy getting involved with this um, TV producer, I believe. Yeah. Who's a who's played by the guy that plays Will and Will and Grace? I who's, don't. I don't know his name. I don't know his name either. He's fine. He does all right. He's with, he's great. He's actually he's good. He's very a good actor. Good. I mean, I loved him in Will and Grace, and he's he's solid in this. Yeah, and he does yeah. a good he job with what he's yeah. given. Yep. He he really gives it mm-hmm. much like Manny Patinkin gives it what he can. Yep. Um, but yeah, at one stage she's so in this episode. Daisy is like on a reality TV show and she's seducing this woman's husband and she kisses him and then kisses the Will guy from Will and Grace's yeah. character. And, <laughs> yeah. and Mason, who at this point I think we're meant to be feel for him and because he's Cause, in love with yeah, Daisy, Daisy and Daisy doesn't, you know, but all he ever feelings. really says to Daisy is that you look good, you're pretty. Constantly says Just that she looks off. good. Yeah. You are so pretty to look at, I believe, is a word. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said at one stage. Yeah. And she, and he calls her a whore. Yeah, Mason calls Daisy a whore. Yeah. Because she was kissing someone. Well, that's something that is throughout this season is just like rampant sexism. It's like I remember in the episode, I can't remember what episode it is, but when... Mason and Roxy are flying to Mexico or something, and they're on that oh, airplane. Oh, about that, yes. And they, the things they say about the flight attendant. Yes. One, I believe Roxy calls her a. She, look, looks, she looks like a like pros- a hooker. Like yeah. a hooker. Yeah. And then Mason is just like dropping his tickets and then like perving on her and stuff and just objectifying her. Like, and it's like just he in, knows it's this everywhere. woman is going to die, yeah. and he's happy that he got to see her basically bend over in front of him before yeah. that happens. It's, yeah, I meant to like you. There's a lot of like saying what women are or what they're meant to be that's very much like gender stereotypes or it's just it's a lot of yuckiness towards women in this season which is strange you know considering that you know you've got a lot of female cast members female characters and it's just quite yucky Mm. we're getting to the last 12 four episodes of this season and really, the show does start to ramp up a little bit in terms of getting a little bit deeper into its own lore. Mm. Episode 12, this character, played by the guy who plays with Will and Grace. Yeah, the character's Ray, name is Ray. Yeah. Ray. Ray essentially attacks Daisy in her house. Mason 
Moida. Mo- well, he he attacks him with like a mirror. I think it is. I, yeah, I think it's a heavy mirror. A very yeah. heavy mirror. Beats him over the head with it. Then, then beats, him, beats to death. him a little bit more <laughs> and kills him. And this is an interesting thing. Anytime someone dies in the show, they should have a poster. There should be a reaper assigned mm-hmm. to them, and they will be their soul will be released from their body, and then their soul will move on to the afterlife. Essentially, Ooh, I've got a question regarding that. Yep, sure. Go on, go on. And then. But in this instance, that hasn't happened. They he, Mason kills this guy, and then Daisy's like, "Wait a second. Or one of them is like, "Wait a second, he doesn't have a post-it." Mm. And then out of Ray's body, this smoke sort of comes out of his nostrils, out of his orifices, and then turns into a graveling, mm-hmm. which at this point have always seemed like. To- I said this in the first episode of this, po- or the second episode of this podcast, the first episode about Dead Like Me, that they seem like otherworldly. They don't seem yeah. like they were ever human. But sem- yeah, you said there's no evidence that they're humans yet. Right. And now we learn that apparently they are. Mm. Apparently, it's possible for a graveling to be born out of the soul of a person that's mm. killed Do you think that's who like wasn't meant to be killed. The soul way a graveling can be created? We don't know that. Mm. Because we don't know how many gravelings there are. We don't yeah. know if that's... That's, you know, that yeah. always has to be a reaper that kills a person for that to happen. Yeah. Or that, or whether it's a reaper or what the mechanisms are that means mm. someone will be killed without a post, essentially. But that is, from what we understand, is one way that a, that a graveling can be created. And that's pretty interesting. That is very interesting. That's well, fairly interesting. Yeah, my, like, one little thing I just thought of then regarding whether it's if they don't have a post and they die, then they become a graveling. I don't think that's true because later on the Ray Graveling kills a man that isn't supposed to die, but he doesn't turn into a Graveling. That's true. So it must be, I guess, if they're killed by a Reaper. So it seems like it must be the Reaper. Although, as we've said a few times... The Rise may just not give a fuck. They don't give a shit. So they may may go back on that. Um, But yeah, so that was, for a second there... Yeah, lore. I was like, ooh. And that's my note for episode 12, lore. lore. <laughs> yeah. It's like the show is starting to delve into mm. its actually interesting idea for a second and like go somewhere with it and maybe explore something interesting. Yeah. Well, and also in this episode, we see Joy, George's mum, is looking for a job. And so she goes to Happy Time, which is where George works. Yes. And I was like, okay, this is great if you want to bring those two seemingly separate shows together that's a great way to do it they're in the same space that doesn't really happen all that much and also like if they did want to do that i could see that that should have happened like in season one but they start to do it a couple of times because there's that scene and there's actually a really good scene that i like oh yeah we both like turned to each other i was like that scene was good yeah my god where joy george's mother Mm -hmm. is talking with dolores george's boss george's boss who was there the day that George died because mm-hmm. George came was working happy time the day she died and yeah. since then in her alter ego of Millie now works like, with she Dolores works there again yeah at happy time they have a really interesting conversation yeah. actually very well acted yeah. scene they both like give each other enough space to like feel things react to each other it's it's a great scene but what happened is it became yeah. apparent to me that there are two shows mm-hmm. inside this one television show there is the show that's the wacky comedy with george yeah. and being a reaper where dolores is over the top always you know yeah. completely kooky office worker and then there's the show that joy is in 
where it's a family drama and mm-hmm. the same actress who plays Dolores is playing her on a completely different level. Yeah. It's a really she, good Yeah, scene. she brings her down, brings her to, back down to reality. But, yeah, I think that's also evidence of the fact that those two shows really can't exist together. No, they don't. Yeah. And even though that seems so good, they just, they also, it doesn't mesh with mm-hmm. the rest of it. Dolores seems like a different person yeah. in this scene. Same person, but just like played a completely different level. Yeah. But this happens a couple of times. There's also, I think it's the next episode or, or the episode after, mm. where um, Clancy, George's dad, yeah. and Reggie, her sister, are at the Waffle House, which has never happened before. Never we are, This is like the, the essentially the office space of the Reapers. This is their like home turf. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that family drama is seeping into that as well. And it doesn't amount to... Nothing Anything. happens. George doesn't see them. They leave. Like, her family leaves. Yeah, nothing happens. But they're like, I don't know, they're pushing the boundaries there. Maybe they're suggesting that in season three that would have mm. continued to happen, but... Who knows? We never get <laughs> Yeah. Episode 13. Um, took Daisy and Mason to some low places. And that's yeah. the one thing I can say that was good about this season. As it went along... Daisy and Mason, as much as I don't like Mason, they stopped making him just the slapstick, mm. complete comedy character and gave him some depth and let him, let that actor do something a bit more interesting. It wasn't super effective because it's hard to give a shit at this point because yeah. I've been let down so much. Um, was- yeah, he was given moments in this episode, but still even a lot of the time when he's like trying to cover up the fact that he's, you know, murdered Ray. He's still that frantic He's stupid, still that yeah, the the yeah. bumbling fool that they know him as. Or yeah, like referring to him as the fuck up. Completely yeah. unfunny, never, ever, 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 ever funny <laughs> role of the bumbling fool. Not at like at no point is it funny. Never once. I didn't laugh once when he was, you know, Saying a line. There are lines. There is, again, it comes down to your Roxy, your Rube, yeah. your Dolores, sometimes your Reggie. i gotta give. I got to give it to the actress that plays Reggie. Oh, what was the waitress's name? Kennifer? Now, th- that's, Kennifer? that's like my last note, right? right? right okay. Kennifer <laughs> is the real MVP of this show. Absolutely. She comes in and she's kind of an audience surrogate sometimes. Yeah. She, she plays the waitress at the Waffle House, yeah. And she... Just, I don't know. That actress sells it. She'll just just say a line here and there, and it makes me go, "Huh, that's funny." Because it's often how I feel about the yes. show, though. Because she yeah. is constantly irritated with these people yeah. as much as I'm irritated mm-hmm. with these people. Yeah. And there's something endearing about that. And mm-hmm. I give it. I, I give her. I think that's yeah. What I missed about season one, Roxy, was that she just kind of like Called saw. Th- yeah, she shit. saw through these characters and was like. You're a fucking idiot. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. It was really refreshing to hear someone say that. Yeah. I'm I'm basically out of notes. <laughs> There's like What do we got? We got George to... makes a rave uh, the the raveling. That's why I called the Ray Graveling disappear. Oh, that's great. Raveling. Raveling, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, George touches the Graveling that was Ray and it disappears, which you've already talked about. And which but you know, maybe setting up for something that would have been explored in season three. Well that's what I think, like maybe she was like some sort of special Reaper that And has I think powers. there's there's a certain a few things that suggest that. The fact yeah. that she but maybe she saw saw them when she was younger yeah. and yeah, that type of thing. And that does sound kinda of interesting to me, but just just the show didn't earn it. Too late. Too, too late. little too mm-hmm. late. Anything else? Is there anything Oh yeah, it ends the 
second season ends in the same place the first season ended, yeah, around George's graveyard. Yep. And with the line, oh. it's not so bad being dead like me. Boo! You suck, writers. You <laughs> suck. You suck. Boo, hiss. Mind you. And I... also, it sounds terrible being dead like you, because you're a fucking asshole and all you do is complain. Fuck, I hate George. I hate George. That's my rating is I hate George. I think it's time to move on. Yeah. Let's start wrapping this oh. up. We can't keep doing this for too much longer. Favourite and least favourite episodes. What's your favourite episode this season? My favourite, we've already spoken about it, but it was that episode nine. Mm-hmm. Not because of the episode itself, but just because I saw a bit of, you know, emotion coming from Daisy when she was in the, the wardrobe. That woman was you know, being murdered and she was she had a reaction to it and she felt really vulnerable in speaking to both Roxy and Mason and I enjoyed that. So there was a, a human scene that was executed effectively. Yes. Yes. What about you? What's your favourite episode? I know it's hard to choose, but no, you've I, got to choose I know. one. I know. You've got to I, choose one. I know. It was, the, it was the one moment where I actually felt elated, mm. where I actually had hope for a second. That was episode three, the one I said that was... You could just see someone gave a damn for a second. Oh, yes, Even though course. the... Even mm-hmm. though, yeah, reflecting on it again, the, the script wasn't any better than it ever had been. There was effort that went into the craftsmanship, the actual filmmaking, the directing mm-hmm. and the use of the camera and the editing. That director knew what they were doing and were able to make, were able to polish a turd. Yeah. And that was a well-polished turd. I got to give him credit <laughs> for that. And it, it, But the, 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 like, it's, the, it's a funny thing. It's like... It's like, it's nice to have an episode that's good, but it's also kind of upsetting to see a half-decent episode and go, fuck, this show had potential. Yeah. Like. I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, obviously he's gone off to do amazing things, but like Brian Fuller, I'm sure he hasn't watched it. How could you watch it? You'd just be heartbroken he's, to he's, see. He's still credited as consultant. Yeah, right. Like, are people approaching him at the script writing level and going, you know, oh, what was your idea for this? Or like. Was he still tangentially like involved like a, for a paycheck, or is that? I think it's more of like a, con, like a contractual kind of thing that oh. he has to be. See, it's interesting because I don't think consultant is the is the one I go for. It would be created by Brian Fuller. Well, it says that as well, but it also says consultant. Is he a consulting producer? No, it just says consultant. Consultant, okay. Which is really interesting because yeah, consulting producer. I feel like maybe it might be a phone call every now and again, but I don't think they want a lot of input possibly. from him. Yeah. Least favourite episode? Least favourite would be episode four in which, and I hate it because I don't want to see George, who I already consider to be a terrible person, to bully her co-workers. I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's interesting. And I hated it. I would, I mean, bullying's wrong, but I wanted to beat the shit out of her. She, oh. I do not condone I, violence. I, I, hate, this case. I hate bullies. And in this episode, she's nothing more than a bully. And there's no just, there's no reason or justification for that ever. And you, like, the show makes you care about the people she's bullying to. That guy that's helping her out is genuinely yeah. sweet and nice mm-hmm. and a better actor than she is. Yes. And, like, I don't, how, how am I spent to, I can't care. Yeah. And, like, Crystal, the receptionist, who she's, like, built a bit of a relationship with, she treats her like dirt. Mm, mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch this person who I already think is a rude, judgmental, awful person bully people. I'm not interested in it. 
There are, I hate it. There are ways of doing that if that character gets their comeuppance, but does she get her comeuppance? No, because for some reason they think they posit this character as being nice yeah. and that's their excuse for letting that happen. And she's not nice. At no point has she ever been nice. It's ridiculous. Anyway, what was your uh, least favourite episode? I honestly can't choose. <laughs> I've just got dot, 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 this show murdered my spirit. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 how can I choose? They're all... uh, this episode is dedicated to Broad Spirit, R.I.P. You will be missed. <laughs> the uh, Episode three is that little shining beacon, and there are moments here and there that definitely stand as being better, but like this show bottoms out and stays there yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which bit is my least favorite bit. Is the bit where it's insulting me because it completely changes what the reaping is? Is the mm. bit where it insults me with its fucking fart jokes? Is the mm. bit where it insults me with... I, I, I just... It goes on and on and on. There are so many things that frustrate me. Where... Oh, oh, oh. Um, sorry, I just This need... whole show is my least favorite <laughs> episode. I just need to mention one thing. Okay. So this is an example of how unlikable and unrelatable George is. She has the job of picking out of three candidates someone to be employed as a temp. The choices are a man who is pretty sensitive and kind of rude about the fact that he has IBS. There is a woman who's been out of work for a long time, lovely woman who's having to look after, who's had to look after her now deceased parents and wants to get back in the workforce. And three, a fucking refugee who, unless he gets a job, will be deported and most likely tortured to death. Um, she struggles with which one to choose. Which one would you have chosen? Hmm, let me think. Maybe the refugee whose life is at risk. She did choose him. I know. It took her a day and a half. That's unacceptable. Do you remember how she chose him? Oh, that's right. She got a pet frog to choose. What a <laughs> fucking idiot. So I've got no time for George. And then they try to use that, turn that into a morality story, I guess, about how when she did choose that person, that person ended up being involved in a murder-suicide and dying anyway. I was like, how the fuck is she? What's the lesson there? Well, well, in the, like, I believe the flashbacks, whatever, they're, they're talking about how in her past life she was never able to make decisions. Well, she's not able to make decisions now. She's got a frog to choose. Yeah. She's not learning anything. She's not growing. Just a waste of my time. Yeah, the whole thing is bullshit. Ugh. Should Dead Like Me have been cancelled? Hmm. <laughs> Let me think. Yes. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with that one. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry because I know like a lot of people were employed and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, the show was terrible. It should have been cancelled. Absolutely. It deserved to be cancelled. It deserved to be cancelled after the Clips show in <laughs> <laughs> season one. I mean, it was lucky to get a second season. I still can't believe I kept... I, I, I can't believe that this show... This podcast... Maybe, maybe Showtime was just amazed that it had a show with Mandy Patinkin. It's like, we were you I mean, that's this? a big draw. Yeah. It's a big draw. Yeah. No. This show, I... You, you love what you love. And I don't want to take away from you, anyone who loves this show, mm. their love for it. You, you do you. Yeah. I love Tron Legacy. I know it is a bad movie. Objectively, <laughs> yeah. there are lots of things bad with mm-hmm. it. For whatever reason, I just really like it. I love, mainly for nostalgia reasons, but I love 
I, I know it line for line. The Super Mario Brothers movie. That's a horrendous. Well, that's a classic, though. No. It, no, it is a classic. No. No, it is a classic. No, it's not. No, it's it is a classic. awful. And I love it to bits. No, but I think if, like, it, and this is mentioning other podcasts, if any movie can be on how did this get made, it's kind of like a classic because of how bad it is. And that, that movie could be on that show. So uh, I think it has like, been on that show. Have they, have they haven't done that, have they? Yes, they Oh, it would have been years ago. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Ages yeah. Way, way towards the yeah, beginning. Right. They have done that. Yeah. Uh, but that, like, I... Is Whoopi Goldberg in that? No. What movie is she in? Sister Act? I don't know. Lots of... <laughs> <laughs> no, she's in a movie that's like lots of movies. Ghost. Mutant. <laughs> I know she's in Ghost. <laughs> what? What do you want from no, me? She's in Color something... Purple. I don't know. No, that's, no that's she's Oprah. in something. That's Oprah. She's... <laughs> <laughs> no, she's in the Color Purple. She was nominated oh, for an she... Oscar for that, that was Oprah. and she should have fucking won. By the way, oh, anyway. Um, no, she's in something. Similar. You don't know mammals. I don't know black American <laughs> women. <laughs> um, yours is way worse, bro. <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to deny it. Not going to deny it. The, um, oh, if my mammal thing's being kept in, that's being kept in, by I'll the way. I'm, I'm cool with that. It's fine. Um, what were we talking about? We're talking about the show being oh, cancelled. We're right. talking about... Yeah, no, no. Like, I just want to put it out there. Yeah. If you love it, like, please mm. love it. I mean, but- I love Raise Your Voice starring Hilary Duff. I know it's terrible. I don't give a fuck. I love it. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But... But I think this is a different level because I think people who love this show think it's really good. So mm. I, I think like those comparisons that we're making might be a bit different. Um, so what's something like, so if I obviously love Parks and Rec and if someone was like, it's fucking shit, firstly, I'd be like, well, you're a moron and you're wrong. <laughs> but they're, you know, welcome to that opinion. And I hope people feel that way about what we're saying I, about I, you like me. I'm trying to think of a movie that I genuinely think is great that everyone thinks is terrible. Like, great, great. Like, underappreciated. Oh, I've got one. Yeah. So, I okay, I don't think it's great, great, but I think it's a really solid film, and I think it's a really clever and a perfect example of how female relationships function in high school, and everyone fucking hates it. It's been slammed critically. People don't like it. It's Jennifer's Body, by written by Diablo Which Tony. I've been meaning to watch, actually. I, th- I think it's fantastic. Sure. I think it's well. The thing I think people went into it thinking it was a horror movie when it, it's really like a really smart, savvy a satire, comedy. Isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. a satire. It's great. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me considering Diablo Cody wrote yeah. it. Like, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I know Transformers. I think the first Transformers film is good. I like the first Transformers. No, no, no. I, I think know. it was great. The thing I'd watch that when I was hung over. So I know I really like Tron Legacy. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> okay. I really like Tron Legacy. But the point is yeah. that if you love this show, please continue to love it. But yes. Mm. From my perspective, from our perspective, the show deserved to be fucking cancelled. Yeah, absolutely. It was a bit of a train wreck for us. I'm honestly just upset it wasn't cancelled after the first season because then I wouldn't have had to have watched the second. Totally agree. What could they have done to fix the show? Well, like we've already said, like you said, the 20-minute episodes, um, removing George's narration Mm -hmm. because that just... The audience has no moment to interpret what's happening for themselves. And instead, we're bombarded with George's opinion, which is mean-spirited. It's judgmental. It's pessimistic, which I'm really not on board for. So I'd remove that. Um, I'd, yeah, do some recasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd get a showrunner who had a real big 
grand idea of where the show was going. Sure. And a, and a clear line to where it was going. Yeah. Well, well I think I, I think it comes down yeah. to if like I think all those things are true. I think if I had to to single out two things, it would be make it a twenty-two minute mm-hmm. show, and in doing so, cut out the last family. Oh stuff. yes, of course, the last like, family. I, I, yeah. I, I, I sort of mentioned this to you before. I think there's a really there's it's not that hard to get rid of the last family. No, not at all. There are ways of they introduced. You said this, this is your idea. Mm. In the first season, they suggest the idea that if George tries to talk to his family, that she'll start to her forget. Family, yeah. Her family, sorry. Her, she'll start to forget yeah. her family. So she tries to retell a story to her mother and she can't remember it because the harder you try, the more you don't remember. Right. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine there being a way that she just sort of forgets her family and mm. then we can maybe bit by bit explore what's going on with them where we need to, where yeah. it's relevant to George. Yeah, well I yeah, I like the idea of, you know, these reapers who are together in a creative family because they they cannot, no matter how much they try and they try really hard, cannot remember their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And they know those people exist, like they can feel it, they can sense it. They have like a vague outline, but they cannot remember. And like in that by itself is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's somewhere to go with that. It's mostly I don't, I don't connected more to that person yeah, because of the tragedy. I don't need to see the last family every episode. I don't need to see I them more than once there. every season. How does that happen? I don't Who know. is attached to that so much that needs to be in every episode? I don't know. The I mean, other I option really I always know. thought was just if George's backstory was that the family element was just underplayed a bit more. If she came from a bad family situation, mm-hmm. if maybe her parents had already passed, whatever it is, she distrust family mm-hmm. maybe she had a stepmother sort of a cinderella situation yeah. where she had a stepmother who her father passed she lives with her stepmother yeah. and her awful step sisters well, for a while and yeah. then she dies and she has no love for them and distrust family so her whole thing so she has freedom and can find her own family well in she but she still distrusts family as mm, that family yeah, starts right. to build around her in the reapers mm. she sort of re- rejects it because she doesn't trust it yeah um, and then that's her arc is her mm-hmm. finding this other family yeah. around her. And then we don't have to go to Joy and Reggie and Clancy ever again. Yes. Because they don't exist. Yeah, though it was interesting when I was reading all those, you know, Amazon and IMDb reviews and stuff. And so many people who loved it mm. all say in the second season, Reggie is their favorite character and the most interesting character. Pretty much like I would say the majority of them say that. Is that an age thing? Do you think? Is that people connecting with her at that age? Who may have been watching in 2003 and may have been a similar age to Reggie and just found her like... Um, I'm just going to say by the way all the reviews were written, probably not. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. Because I'll be honest with you, I always liked Reggie enough. I think the actress is fine. Yeah, she's a great young actress. She's yeah. When she's given something to do, mm. she does a fairly good job of it. I, I like but like everything. It becomes monotonous when you have the same scene over and over again, over in which over she again. tells her mum to piss off, yeah, and her, or she storms out on her mum, and then they just kind of they How, let it happen. I want to make a supercut of every time that Joy sighs, every time she just goes. <laughs> I want seriously. I want a supercut of every time Joy's just either told to fuck off or someone storms out on her. The every it would run for about three hours. Every fuck in the show by itself would be enough. Ugh. So that would be that. So yes, cutting out those, reducing mm. it, and then, yeah, it's just having a showrunner who gives a fuck. Because I think while the casting yeah. and stuff could definitely be improved, 
just a showrunner who gives a shit Mm -hmm. is going to... It's like having... You need an inspirational boss. You need someone who's a leader, right? And someone who can lead and Mm. inspire the writers and inspire the directors to do the best they can. Mm. That's it. Give a fuck. I I remember like maybe a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, we were talking about the Marvel films and we were trying to figure out like... What is it that's allowed Marvel to make so many really good... 14 now. Yeah, like so many great slash good films. And it's because the people running it care. On some level. Somewhere on yes. that on, yes. on that chain. Whether it's up the top, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige or Kevin Feige or whatever his name is. He sort of oversees the entire mm. thing. He gives a fuck to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Come a couple level downs, most of the directors they hire... Give a fuck. They care. To yeah. some degree. Yeah. Enough. Even the actors at some point are invested enough in their character. Mm-hmm. They give a fuck. Yeah. And yeah, it shows. It does not show in this show. No, it does not. <laughs> Any regrets? I'm going to go first. What do you mean by regrets? So, example. Yeah. My regret is that I never got to find out what the deal with George was a little bit. I would... Oh, okay. If there was... Uh, I may look it up. Maybe it's in that TV... Directed movie, DVD scene, movie that yeah. I never saw. I kind of wanted to know what was. I'm, I regret not knowing what Brian Fuller's overall mm, picture for the show yeah. was. Where did he see that going? I regret not knowing where they might have gone with this idea of George, like being able to erase Gravelings. Is that's kind of interesting. Like there's there's something there that would have been really interesting to go with. She essentially has a superpower. It would have made would have made her a superhero. Mm. She's kind of can defeat death. Yeah. Potentially in that scenario. So I'm kind of sad we didn't get to see that. Not massively. Because everything that... All of that it costs me. The amount of my... <laughs> like... Like, I only have so many hours on this earth. Yeah. And I've now had to spend... You know, a good 30 plus of them watching Dead Like Me. Jeez. I'm not yeah. too sad I don't have to do that anymore. But that that's sort of my regret. Do you have any regrets? I regret... I'm not sure I'm answering it how... You, exactly that's fine to answer it i regret george being a character in this show so you could see this show working without george workplace comedy about reapers yep who's your main character um i'm happy with well i think it could work like the office in which it's such an ensemble Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily need a huge main character and everyone can kind of like balance it out depending on the episode. Well, I can see that working. In that scenario, surely Michael Scott or David Brent is your main character. So Rube would I'm talking be about the ma- American office, yeah. Okay, but it'd be Michael Scott to some degree. Sure that the show expands out in a big way. Mm. But for a long time, Michael Scott is the main character. I, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. Here's your, here's your starting point. Here's your linchpin, don't you think? Because main, well, okay. So main character is someone I see that like the audience connects to, identifies with. No, that's your audience surrogate, which is often what a main mm, character is, but not always. In a show like The Office. Yeah, I'm not, uh, that's the thing. Like it's kind of got blurred lines with The Office. Because it's it's really between Jim, Michael and Pam. Do do you think that Leslie Nope... Is or isn't the main character. Oh, she's definitely the main right. character. And she's not a fish out of water. She's not the audience surrogate. Yeah. She's already a pre-established person. Yeah. And she has a lot of growth over Yeah, that. I think Leslie Nope is more of a main character than Michael Scott is. very yeah. much an ensemble show in its yeah. own way as well. But she's the linchpin that with mm. which the show... And listen, I haven't watched 
or the American office to yeah, know for sure. Right. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is that would sort of make Rube the theoretical default character, at least to some degree. Default main character. Mm. I, 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 I don't hate I, that. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I mean, like you said, a, a surly, watch, yeah, watching annoyed... him with those primary school kids, like, and just kind of seeing his reapers like that, and which is, yeah, he's just like this surly dude. Yeah. That works for me. Dealing with I don't their have, rubbish. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. And then we go see, you know, the kids slash his reapers go off and have their adventures. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Final mm. score and ranking. <laughs> so we have to put this in a score out of five stars. Mm-hmm. And then how would you rank this compared to season one? I'm giving this no stars. Zero stars. Zero stars. Zero stars. stars. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I'm giving it zero. Zero stars. Yeah. Which by default makes it season one is greater than season two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it one star. It's very generous of you. <laughs> it's very generous of you. One star. For what? Uh, I give it to the natural charisma of Mandy Patinkin. I give it... Fair enough. I gave like my 1.75 to Roxy for right. season one. Yeah, right. yeah. I give it to... That one director who gave a shit, mm-hmm. I give it to the couple of times the show actually looked at its own lore and went somewhere interesting. Mm. Um, I give it to the actress who plays Dolores. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it to the actress who plays Daisy to some degree. I think she's great, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Can I just say, the reason this show get zero is because this is its second season mm-hmm. it should not be having this amount of trouble finding itself well i mean that for me is why it's one star because mm. i gave the first season two stars yeah right and this is worse than season one yeah which is kind of startling because i didn't think it'd get any worse oh mm. something that i know you want to bring up though Ooh, that we okay. missed out on one of you our, don't know me one yeah, of our favorite shots <laughs> In season one, was I forgot I blocked it out. Was there was this shot where Joy and Clancy, the George's mum and dad, are having an argument in the car, and she sort of just like interprets that he wanted to get divorced, and it's shot from inside the car, from inside the back seat of the car, or through the back window. Mm -hmm. It's from behind, so they're silhouetted. You can't see their faces. It's a really interesting, cool shot. Season one, it was great. Season one was great. In season two, is it episode one or episode two of season two? It's very early on. Very early on the season. They try to recreate that shot for a similar effect. It's it's episode one. And completely fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Completely fuck it. What what have I written? Hmm. Same shot of parents from season one, but they made it fucking lame with crossfades. (laughs) Good lord. It it also just wasn't as good. It just wasn't as good. It was framed worse. There was like... They were trying it was framed re- worse. It was written worse. Yeah. It was, the whole, it was just sad. They were sad. trying to recreate it. I think they were thought it was, they, they recognized also mm. somewhere. Yeah. Someone went, oh, that was cool. Let's do that again. No. No, please no. don't. They fucked Stop. it. Stop. They actually, and in doing so made that part from season one worse. Yes. Because they tried to, oh. <laughs> They are like, yeah, re- retroactively. Destroying season one. Somehow. I'm giving it one star. That I like just it scrapes and it won. Yeah. It should be half. I'm giving it one star. Yeah. No, I just I. I don't like it. 
I, I'm so glad it's over. And this is something I wanted to discuss with you is if something like this occurs again in which we're watching a show and neither of us can stand it. Yeah. Like we can't find really a single positive thing about it. Will we continue watching it like we did with this one? It, de- it depends. It depends how people find this episode, whether mm. they anyone can enjoy us just ranting and raving yep. for two hours. Sometimes you just don't want to listen to people be pessimistic for sure. an hour and a half, yeah. I would like to posit this mm. as, as a way of going about it. If we're not, we're really struggling with the show and we yeah. don't see any merit in continuing watching it, we have to come to a unanimous decision to quit. Mm-hmm. If one of us wants to go on, if one of yeah. us either finds it enjoyable or... Or just interesting, or mm-hmm. fascinating, or thinks there's value in continuing to watch it and talk about it. Yeah. Then we continue watching. Yeah. Okay. But one at any stage may suggest the other one. I want out. <laughs> Do you want out too? And if we both say yes, yeah, yeah. we'll cut it off. We'll pull the rip cord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's sounds that sound? Good. Yeah, that sounds good to me. That sounds very good. So my final rating for this season of Dead Like Me is a great big joy sigh. <sighs> And with that, we'll finish the episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to whatever this was. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. But you're not as sorry as we are. Just know that. Yeah. If you're listening to this and haven't watched the season, yeah, you can thank us later. <laughs> you owe us one big time. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Facebook at Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast or Hunting's Cast. You can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordisdamask. I'm on Twitter at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Big thank yous also to our amazing graphic designer and logo creator, Sean Kirkpatrick. You can find him at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfolioBox.net and to our wonderful theme song creator, Jordan Calavis. You can find him at soundcloud.com slash classic J-Rex. That's classic J-R-E-X. And next episode, we'll be coming back to watch season three of Breaking Bad, which Yay! I am really looking forward to. <laughs> I had a lot of people telling me that season two was the one where it started to take off. But mm. since watching season two, I've had a lot of people say, oh, you got through season one and two? Oh, season three is where it gets yeah, good. Yeah, cool. That's good. So that makes me really yeah. excited because I really enjoyed season yeah, two. Yeah, I haven't that. spoken to a lot of people about Breaking Bad, actually. So that's nice to hear that. Yeah, it's just going to get better and better. There is <laughs> one <laughs> line. There's a famous line, which I'm sure you've heard too, which I'm still waiting to well, find no, out Well, no, I hadn't means. heard it until I heard you and your brother Liam talking about it you the other day. You seriously never I've heard never that? I've never heard it. Nah. I've never heard it before. I'm the one who knocks? Yeah, I've you've never heard, never heard it. I've never before? heard it before. Really? <gasps> yeah. So I'm still waiting for whatever that means. Um, which excites me. Well, now I am too. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's something about pizzas on roofs as well. It's oh, <laughs> I've, I've seen many a GIF slash GIF, depending on it's who gi- you are. It's GIF. It's GIF. Graphical something or other. Okay. Well, that's what I say GIF. And then the guy who invented them says it's GIF. So the then I was like, well, I don't know what's... It's a dick face. And it's GIF, obviously. <laughs> okay. All Graphic, right. Graphical okay. starts with a G sound. All right. Okay. Okay, breathe, bro. I have a really... Dead Like Me is over. <laughs> Release the tension. This is, this is the Dead Like Me of file formats. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, I've seen plenty of GIF of the pizza being thrown on the roof. I don't know the context, but I'm very excited. It might have been season three. It could be season five. Who knows? It's like the last shot of the it's last It's the last episode. shot. 
It's like, oh, it's is. really significant. We just don't know why. Yeah, great. Yeah, great, great. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And the week after that, we're through Ooh. Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break from cancelled TV shows. We are, yeah. And we're going to watch something a little bit different. We're going to go to our first in our rewatch category. So yes. the show is Hunting Seasons. This is all about catching up on television shows. But sometimes we just want to explore things that we really want to talk about. Yeah. We're going to do that in a couple of weeks when we start talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yay. An American anime television show, sometimes called an anime. That is not correct. <laughs> but has a lot in common with anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I thoroughly adore. Yeah. It's kind of like an American homage to anime, really. Yeah. Yeah. And the best way I can describe it, how much I love this. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Yeah. This is Star Wars, but better. Mm-hmm. This is, to me... Which you said to me for the first time the other day, and I was taken aback, but then I remembered how much you love Avatar. I was I, like, yeah, no, that makes sense, I love actually. It. Anyway, let's save that for the podcast. We're going to head off. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.